0: Postdoc Transformation, Postdoc Transformation, Postdoc Transformation. Invest in your postdoc transformation. Welcome to the weekly show for scientists leaping into business. In every episode, we are happy to recommend employers of choice for you. For your career transition, we offer customized career transition e-courses and memberships also at graduate schools all over the world. Maybe yours too. And if your university isn't yet our customer, enroll in your free email course for career transition made simple as linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Professor doctor Anna Ernest-Louis Winkles, and let's build your post transformation with this episode. What are red flags indicating that your career in academia is at risk? Welcome to this episode of the weekly Percept Transformation Show. I'm really happy to know that I'm in your earbuds. It's an honor for me. I also uploaded a video of this podcast, so maybe you also see me. I'm waving on YouTube, but let's dive right in. So one of these red flags are lack of enthusiasm or passion for your research. So. If you're not interested, if you're not the driving force behind your research, then this will be really hard for you to become a postdoc. Because even as a PhD student, it's expected of you that you are the thought leader and that you lead the bachelor of math students who maybe collect the data for you and you supervise them how to run your experiment, et cetera. But the ideas should come from you. And if you are a postdoc, then you should think about your own series of experiments towards a research question to demonstrate your scientific reader so that you have what it takes to become a professor. Because if you don't do this as a postdoc, then it's really hard for you to obtain a professorship, to obtain a tenure track position in academia. So, lack like of enthusiasm or passion. your research hey do you need a well-paid job in business aligned with your vision of life as soon as possible you don't have access to a supportive career guide at your graduate school then this is for you i know that leaping out of science can be lengthy full of misconceptions and scary without experienced guidance And maybe you already know how it feels to get rejections on non-academic job applications. So, wouldn't it be comforting to have me by your side so that you can land your future-proof job? Imagine the feeling of getting job interview invites after you submitted a winning CV, cover letter, and sustainably rock your LinkedIn. Do you want to become confident through my interview and contract negotiation rehearsal? With me, you can confidently fine-tune suitable roles, working conditions, benefits, and compensations. This Postdoc Transformer bundle is the first time that I ever offer it, and it grants you 24 seven access to the two e-courses, Career Transition into Business and Digital Personal Branding that are usually exclusively offered at graduate schools. Now you can share All your job application material and questions, as many as you like, and I will answer via exclusive video lessons sent to you via email within 24 hours. So subscribe until you start your job and you don't need me as your career transition guide anymore. How would you feel to be able to worry-free pay all your running bills and reduce your student debts as you earn 60 to 125k annual salaries. Remember, every month without a well-paid job worsens your financial situation, so it takes longer to become financially stable. Also, receiving too many rejections for your job applications after your PhD will reduce your chances to get a job aligned with your vision of life. So, subscribe to your monthly postdoc transformation bundle for your guided career transition into business now the next one is limited publication or research output now i have to say of course that this is absolutely dependent on your research field i've seen during my phd at the international graduate school of neuroscience and books phd students who were absolutely productive and had seven publications while well, i've got three i think that's already great and others didn't have a single publication. And still we all got our doctoral degrees. So it depends on your field, but when you are compared to other PhD candidates for a postdoc position, or when you are compared to other postdocs for a tenure track position or professorship, then you need to be outperforming the other applicants. They have also qualitative criteria in the sense of that if you are a parent and you had childcare obstacles, then this is also something that you can also state. But I'm not sure how, how considering the committee is when the committee comprises of supervisors who are all old, probably men, and if they have children at all, they probably were not the primary caregiver. So it's like, how can they judge how much time? goes away when you are a parent caring for your children and not being able to carry out your research with the full attention. The next one is difficulty securing research funding. Well, there's two perspectives on that. So either your research, your passion is not worthwhile funding. Okay, maybe it should be something else. Maybe it's also you're not communicating the case. You need to make the business case for funders, funding agencies, industry partners. If you're not getting their funding, then they're not convinced that your research is important for them and there is no return on invest if it comes from by an industrial partners, or whether there is no long-term societal return on invest, so to speak. So. Either way, wrong research field or wrong communication. So these are things that you can work on. Number four, limited networking and collaboration. And this is imminent everywhere, also in business, but in academia, you need to be able to network with your research collaborators all over the globe. They speak different languages. They come from different cultures, time differences, work interdisciplinary. And if you don't like that and not able to secure collaborations and to build them for your research team, for your bachelor's, master's students, and your PhD students in the future, then it will be hard for you to be successful in academia. And now it's time to thank company ABC who sponsors this episode of the Postdoc Transformation Show. I would now be reading the company's answers to one of six bold questions so that you can choose to apply. For example, number one, describe your most valuable experts versus leaders in your company. Have they typically earned a doctor title? Or number two, for which of your company roles or units do you encourage somebody with a doctor title to apply? Number three, How would you describe your organizational culture in which your most valuable experts and leaders thrive in? To nominate an employer of choice so that we can ask our informative, bold questions, click on the link in the show notes. And now, back to the postdoc transformation episode. All right, number five is lack of mentorship or guidance. You don't have any role models that you can relate to because they don't look like you. They don't feel like you. They do spend um, like 10, 11-ish hours in the lab and return on Saturdays and Sundays as well. Or maybe they do not mentor you in a way that you feel supported, guided. You feel they are putting so much time into their research, but not so much in their leadership, which is also a big task in heading a department, developing the new talent in the research that is so critical. And if you don't have that, or on the flip side, you don't like to mentor people, you don't like to guide people, then maybe that career is not for you. Which is also not bad if you know that. Number six is difficulty in obtaining academic positions. Well. Actually the job market is quite okay for early career scientists leaping into business because there is a shortage of experts and leaders in business. Maybe it's harder to get an academic tenure track position nearby in your preferred country, etc. So if you have difficulty in obtaining academic positions, that might be related to your field, your research is not worth funding, so that's why there aren't so many positions. Maybe it's also you aren't competitive enough to obtain those academic positions. And that maybe relates to the previous five points I just alluded to earlier. All right. And once you have determined your readiness to leap and you think, yes, this is the way forward. I want to transition into business or industries. Then you can, if you like, enroll in your free email course with 10 actionable bingeable email lessons until you start your job in business. You'll get 10 emails that Detail number one, how to leap out of science, number two, how to build your sustainable LinkedIn profile, number three, how to read social media and network, number four, how to research your favorite jobs and employers, number five, how to do information interviews to get insights, number six, how to create your customized applications, number seven, how to prepare your thesis from a business point of view. Number eight, how to apply to your favorite employers. Number nine, how to choose the right job offer. And number 10, how to prepare for your new job. Woohoo! Red flag number seven is limited teaching or mentoring opportunities. And this is really important because this is maybe your runway to leap out of science. If you only do your research, But do not mentor your own bachelor and master students. That's taking away your opportunity to develop leadership skills. So every head of department should allow you to have your own bachelor and master students and to learn how to develop them and lead them. And that can be based on your research, but. Even better, if you become a teaching assistant, a grading assistant, so that you have your own class of Bachelor Master students who are dependent on you, whether you can deliver the script in a way that they are inspired, motivated to learn more about the topic that you are teaching. These are all opportunities that you can use to build a runway into business, right? Because all these skills are valuable in business as well. So if you don't have these opportunities, that's like keeping you away from becoming employable outside of academia. That's why I would say this is a red flag. Hey, have you found this episode so far helpful for yourself? Well, maybe you can subscribe and also share this episode with your PhD bestie, because that would encourage us to help the underprivileged, underrepresented, and underserved early career scientists leaping into business. And now, back to the show. Plan number eight, a negative or toxic work environment. Maybe you don't have an academic leader, your supervisor is not helpful for you, but instead, it's a toxic leader who doesn't give you the feedback that you need, who no obstacles at you, who prefers openly someone else who has a hostile environment, who gives you no opportunities to learn. So this is a negative toxic environment and that you can also change during your PhDs. So you don't have to stick with it until you end your PhD. If you sense that, you should leave the lab within the first year of the PhD and go to another lab, right? Number nine, which is not so much related to the environment, but instead, if you feel isolated and disconnected while you are doing your research, because your research maybe is something that, you know, you have to do on your own and without daily supervision, daily opportunities to talk with your lab mates. This is part of researcher's life in your field. Then you need to think about that as well. Because if your personality craves for human contact with other people, you know, then this is not for you. Or you need to change the research field where it's more collaborative. And did you know that I offer deep dive e-courses, workshops, and memberships at graduate schools, maybe also at yours in the future? Ask your graduate school coordinator whether they want to book my services so that I can deliver them to you 24-7, 365 on your mobile device. Number 10 is limited career development opportunities and that's a tie on all of the previous points. As a professor, I also went to conferences and said you are the two students who worked on the results and I'll take you with me. So that you can present the poster while I'm heading the whole section. So it's not just division of labor, but instead it's giving them growth opportunities. And that means if you don't have growth opportunities for your career, where you can try out things that are maybe just a little bit too big for you right at the moment. And this is something, you know, that clearly is a red flag for you in your lab. And maybe you should find someone else, like a new supervisor or just a lab colleagues where you have better career development opportunities. Now here's the bonus flag. If you're struggling with work-life films because EMEA hasn't been giving you the role models, it's a job, it's not like your life. You shouldn't be living in the lab. You shouldn't be carrying your research everywhere where you go in your mobile so that you can work remotely from wherever you are, private home or in your vacation or whatever. Then you need to think about whether academia is good for you because academia will always pull and pull and pull. You'll always have supervisors who have learned to become workaholics in academia And it's hard for them to unlearn. And if these are the only role models, then chances are quite high that you become a workaholic. But you need to be aware that once you are young, maybe you have the capabilities to be a workaholic. But as soon as you become a parent, as soon as you grow older, you need to prioritize your own mental health and your physical health. And that's why it's so important that work is work, life is life, and you have to have clear boundaries. So that you can defend them. And if you don't defend them, chances are that your colleagues, your postdoc supervisor, your professor supervisor will not stop and will ask more and more. This is a great side project. This is a great opportunity. You need to say no. If you don't want to say no that often, you should maybe get a nine to five job. And now we're talking about an activity for you. So how many red flags do you have? And um, many it's time to check your readiness to lead out of size because one flag is okay, two or three, depending on the research field, etc., is also okay. But if you have more than half of the red flags, then you would probably have to change a lot of things to make them green flags. And then still, you should also consider maybe changing your career path altogether into business according to your vision of life. So I want you to reflect on your career prospects. And if the outlook is not good, then maybe a career in business is for you. And if you want to check your readiness to leap out of science, please use my questionnaire of 15 easy yes and no questions, and that's also enriched by the first episode of this podcast. And maybe you will find out that, well, business is maybe interesting. And then you can enroll also in your free email course, career transition made simple. And in closing, I want to say, invest into your doctorate according to your vision of life. Do you want the transcript of our episode and our episode sponsor's answers to all six bold questions so that you can choose to apply? Do you want to nominate your employer of choice so that we can ask them our bold questions? For all of that, check out our clickable links in our show notes. And on our website, www.postartransformation.com, you can also check your readiness to leap into business or Enroll in our free email course, Career Transition Made Simple. Thanks for your attention. I'm Professor Dr. Alan Sui-Winkles, the host of your weekly Postdoc Transformation show. Postdoc Transformation Postdoc Transformation Postdoc Transformation